Welcome everyone to another episode of Live with Swarmstead Bees and Gardening. I'm Bruce Rodriguez. Today my guest is Wes Luther from Secure Acres Natural Beekeeping and Natural Apiary. I'll have him explain it some more. Um, he's a non-treating beekeeper and for a good amount of time. So I'll bring him in and we'll get to it. Hey Bruce, Welcome. how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You got to give us your, you got to give us your, your, um, your signature welcome to the channel. Good afternoon, Bruce. That's Wormstead Bees and Gardening. <laughs> How you doing? It's another great day at the farm. You got to give the clap to it then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All yeah, right, man. cool. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, I've always been watching your channel for, for a good bit. Um, yeah. And and your channel is called Secure Acres Natural, right? Secure Acres Natural Bees, yeah. Natural Bees, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that title just slips my mind every time. <laughs> Maybe we should shorten it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to get started, um, for anybody who's not familiar with you, just tell me, uh, you know, briefly a little bit about uh, you know, how you got interested in bees, uh, how long you've been messing with bees and kind of what you do. Yeah. So I was, it was back in 2011. I was actually in the United States Marine Corps. I served from 2008 to 2015 as an artillery cannoneer. And while I was serving, my mom and her husband, Alan, on their farm got interested in beekeeping. So they started keeping bees back in 2011. Um, I would help them when I could. Uh, but what I can say is we did a lot of traditional methods back then. And for the most part, the things we were doing, our bees were dying almost every year. Like it, and this was for about a six-year period. Um, we we were doing things like we were treating our bees all the time. We were buying bees through packages. Uh, we were feeding them sugar water all the time. We were disturbing them all the time. And you know, every single year in the wintertime, literally all our bees would die. And it was, it was getting to the point where we were like, wow, we must be really bad beekeepers. Like we did, we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, and it wasn't, we, we actually gave up for a few years and it wasn't until 2019 when we found Lazutin's book, Keeping Bees with a Smile, that we actually found natural beekeeping. And we started keeping bees in a sustainable method, you know, less disturbance, treatment free, uh, no sugar water, catching swarms and all that good stuff. And uh, since 2019, we've been we've we really succeeded very well. Okay, so yeah, when you started, you were committing the trifecta of terrible beekeeping. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, buy, yeah. You know, buying bees. Yeah, uh, what else? Treating them. You know, just not really ever completely sure if you're doing it right or or yeah. if the treating is actually causing something or breeding tough mites, and then. And then maybe overfeeding too much to where yeah. you could cause robbing at some point, or you're just not really letting them depend on what's around them. So, okay, so that's cool. So then, uh, so now you've been doing it. I guess there's some some confusion sometimes with some terminology, natural or treatment free. Yeah. But from from what it appears to me, it's treatment free beekeeping, and it is natural because it's not supernatural or or uh, artificial yeah. or anything. So. So yeah, that makes sense. And then, um, so since that time, you haven't bought bees, you've been swarm trapping? No, um, ever since 2009, we had never caught a swarm before ever. And in 2019, when we found Dr. Leah Shereshkin's website, horizontalhive.com, 
we actually found out like actually you can catch honeybees in the wild like you could actually catch honeybees and it shocked us and so in 2019 we put up four swarm traps um and we hung it all around our farm down here and and we were able to catch four colonies our first year and we were like holy cow you mean we don't have to spend 200 dollars on a package of bees and yeah. it was it was really incredible and ever since then we've been catching swarms up and down the street so yeah you're not alone in in that experience because i've talked to a lot of people who have had bees a good amount of time four or five years and it never crossed their mind that there's bees out there that you can actually catch for free yeah and it's not that hard it, it's you know, not I, hard and it, it really you just get a good 10 gallon box or so you can use a land swarm trap or a, a langstrom uh, deep and it really is easy to catch swarms i mean it's it's it has saved us a ton of money and now you know if we lose a colony it's not so much of a hit to us whereas before back in 2011 and then you know if we bought a package of bees for 200 dollars, if we lost those bees that's 200 dollars down the drain and you know that's always disheartening um so yeah ever since we've been catching swarms it's been revolutionary and that that was probably the biggest change and when we switched to natural beekeeping is when we just put a huge focus on catching swarms and yeah it's it's been a great ride ever since yeah and um what was i gonna say um man now i just totally totally blanked out well where you live are you in kind of a secluded area or do you have neighbors nearby yes so uh this is like i said this is my mom and her husband alan's farm uh near stone mountain north carolina and it's a beautiful property it's about we they they own about 12 acres and they lease about 25 acres i i think and uh it's nothing but woods like it's some open areas you've seen in some of our videos but it's surrounded by woods and so it is just a phenomenal place to catch bees and you know we didn't have any colonies back in 2019 but you know catching bees around here was really easy and i, I think this environment you know and I, I tell people i say hey if you're catching bees tree lines is the way to go because you know you got that shade from the sun but also you've got that access to open area and bees tend to like that and then all around here, this farm, it's just nothing but tree line everywhere. So it's really good places to be catching bees. Cool. And and one thing that I always I always like to say is with each colony that I have or or anywhere that I get bees, I have like a story that I can tell about, you know, these bees came out of this, I don't know, tire yeah. somewhere, and these came from this town and from a barn. Yeah. And, and your story, you know, you kind of catch them all in the same spot, but they still have a story. You know, you caught them this year, this That's certain right. year in this spot and and you give them kind of like a name. You know, you kind of name your colonies because you have, a, you yeah. know, a few little handful. Whereas the story of, you know, I swipe my credit card and then pick them up at the post office for 200 bucks. <laughs> that just stinks. Yeah. To me, yeah. it stinks. But, you know, someday the people will figure it out. You know, just look up Swarm Trap and look at... Look at Wes's uh, security guru's natural bees. You can just see how he sets up those swarm traps. And and, and it's not yeah. that hard, right? And I don't even think people understand the packages. Uh, they have about a 50% failure rate. Uh, so, you know, people that invest a lot of the money into packages of bees, um, you're going to see a lot of loss from that just because, you know, honeybees, they're not meant to be put in a little box and shipped all over the country. You know, they, they like to be in the woods, you know, in that natural habitat. And so, you know, 
catching, of course, honeybees from swarms, you get the best genetics because those bees are healthy bees that are coming from the woods and whatnot. And they, they just, they do a lot better for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool for where you live. There's nobody around you managing bees. So all those bees you're catching probably live in the trees somewhere or who knows where they live, but it kind of flies in the face of what a lot of people will say that bees left on their own can't sustain their population. But in your area, not only are they sustaining a population, yep. but but there's enough for the forest and enough for you to catch and keep in your boxes. They must have every cavity full for them to be going to your boxes. Otherwise, yeah. they just go into trees. Yes. And, you know, to the people that say bees can't make it on their own, uh, I kind of laugh at that. But we have a good example uh, back on the property that we lease, there's an abandoned home uh, where a colony of honeybees currently lives. And it's a big colony, but no one ever touches that colony ever. No one messes with them. You know, I, I've tried to take bees out of, a, out of a, a roof before or a ceiling before, and the colony didn't make it. I really didn't do a good job. So now my mindset is I just, I let, I let the experts handle that. But in any case, in this building, there's some bees and they sit there year round and no one messes with them and they do just fine. Um, and yeah, and I, I imagine they've got quite a lot of comb in that building. Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with knowing when to fold them and when to hold them and when to run when it comes to <laughs> cutouts. Cause I'm the same way. I don't, there's no reason for me to be up on a ladder on somebody's roof, tearing their house apart. Leave that to their professionals. Yeah. Um, so another thing people might say, well, those bees in that building, yeah, they, they're living there all that time, but they're a mite bomb. So they're, they're affecting all the bees around them or that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, do you get that often? I, I don't notice too yeah, much of that. I've heard that. Comment. I've heard that before. And you know, what I tell people is, you know, even in those colonies that are treated where people are putting all kinds of chemicals and medication in those hives, there's still mites in those hives. You can never fully eliminate those mites. And here's the deal. When you are putting those treatments into those hives, you are, you're not only not killing all the mites, but the mites that do survive, you're actually, actually strengthening them and making them a lot stronger against honeybees. And so I, you know, I have heard that people say, you know, it's a mite bomb and whatnot, but we have to accept that there are bees that live in the wild. They do so on their own. You know, they don't have that human interaction. So the argument that, you know, we've got to do what we can to handle every single bee and treat every single bee. I mean, it's kind of null and void. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then the one thing I normally ask people, or I've tried to remember to ask everybody who comes on is what do you think would happen if, if the bees just stopped being treated for some reason, for some, you know, it's never going to happen, but no. actually in your area you kind of experience that because you don't have yes. anybody around right yes. all you well, have we, is the forest around you we have one beekeeper that's a few miles from us but he i think he has like five langsworth hives and he really doesn't have that much more and i don't really know of any other beekeepers around here so um i was making a point i'm sorry i kind of lost my train of thought um Probably someone might say, well, all the swarms you catch are from the guy down the road. That's what they yeah, say. Well, not, not around, yeah, sorry about that. Not around here. Um, it, it's, it's basically all wild bees for the most part. There's really, there's hardly any beekeepers around here. 
so yeah pretty much every every bee every colony we're catching is coming from the woods cool and then um so let me see what are some other questions that i constantly i was thinking of hitting you with all the questions that i get from these emails recently but um yeah i mean what are your future goals um do you want to just keep enjoying it as a small time you know small yeah, scale hobbyist I mean, yeah, we've got 11 colonies right now. I think I would like to see us get up to about 20 colonies because when we get honey in the fall, it sells like that. I mean, the honey flies off the shelf. Uh, it, it's gone. And so I think I'd like to have about 20 colonies. Um, but at the same time, I kind of like it easy and I don't want to be managing, you know, 100 plus colonies. So I think yeah. around 20 or so we might, that's probably our goal we'll end up going to. And then, you know, once we get there, we, we might expand a little on that, so. Yeah, I've, um, that's what I tried to do. I tried to stay at, you know, 10, then 20, then I tried to stay at 40, then I tried to stay <laughs> around 70, and then I tried to stay under 100, and then, yeah. uh, luckily, luckily, you know, I'm down a little bit, okay, so, but the cool thing with swarm trapping and, and not treating is, if they were to all die, um, it's just not hard to re-catch them all back. You know, if you're yeah. a small time hobbyist, we, over here on the Swarmstead channel, we do not care about what goes on in commercial yards with yeah. thousands and thousands of colonies. That's their business. Um, they depend on that and we don't. So that's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're keeping yeah. it strictly for, for the person who likes to enjoy beekeeping at, at a small scale. Yeah, it's easier to manage for sure. And I'm I'm a lazy beekeeper. I tell people all the time, I'm a lazy beekeeper. You know, I I mentioned this in your video, uh, I think last week that, you know, we really don't go into our hives that often throughout the year, only twice a year actually. Um, and so I, 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 li I like the, the easy uh, style right now. And so, like I said, maybe when we get to 20 or so, maybe we'll expand on that. I'm not really sure at this time. Um, we, around here, we, I don't, I'm sure you've seen our videos. We kind of like to space out our hives too. You know, we really only have one in one spot and then one kind of far from it. So we, we kind of like to keep the distance, a little distance between them, but, um, yeah. And then you, you build all your equipment. So that's, yeah, once you so, know how to build what you're using, that, that really wouldn't be too hard for you, right? Yeah, to go up to 20. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. Leah Trashen's website, horizontalhive.com there on his website he has plans for how to build lands hives and all kinds of things to go with that and me personally along i got a little bit of help but we we uh built pretty much every hive we own right now minus three lands hives that we purchased from dr leo and we're testing those hives out uh this year but all our other hives uh all the other eight colonies we have in lands hives that we built ourselves and it was really easy. Like I said, we used that website and there was really easy to learn plans on there. And it was a lot better because I, I don't really know how much a lands hive is going for right now, but it was a lot better than dropping $400 on a lands hive and instead going to Lowe's, uh, getting some lumber and uh, putting it together. So Yeah, that's what, that's what they appear. The price seems to be somewhere, depending on how many bells and whistles you have, 400 is kind of like, the low range, like between four yeah. to six, maybe. Um, did you go to 
Dr. Leo's um, one of his workshops or anything like that? No, I haven't been to his workshop. I've heard really good things about it. Um, you know, I I've got this book here. You know, I got to show it off. You know me, King Bees with a yeah, Smile. You... I, I love this book. So this is this is natural beekeeping uh, defined by Lazutin. And you know, I I read pretty much this book through and through several times. And I've learned quite a lot from it. So I haven't really made the time to go to a workshop, but I have heard really good things about his workshop and that he teaches, like, I would say a person that really has no idea what they're doing with beekeeping. Like if you went to that workshop, you would learn some really quality stuff. So I, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I've, I've seen some videos of his workshop and it looks pretty interesting. I mean, he pretty much agrees with a lot of the things that, that I talk about. And then that you talk about catch swarms. Um, this, yeah. I guess the feeding is the big thing. A lot of people are hung up on feeding. They just yeah. feel like they constantly have to feed these bees. And then right before winter, there's all kinds of stuff piled on inside the hive everywhere. Yeah. They're constantly checking it and feeding them more. And Mountains it was of sugar in the hive for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess it could be necessary for some people. I mean, I don't, I can just say that two seasons ago when I just said, forget about it. I just want to see what happens if I don't feed at all. And I was prepared to take like the biggest hit. I was prepared for everybody to die. And the exact opposite happened. I had one of my best winters yeah. ever. Um, something just changed because I was the seasons before I was filling baby pools up with sugar. I was putting feeders and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it got me nothing but a bunch of headaches, um, spending a bunch of money, just a bunch of robbing and then dead bees and then boxes and boxes of sugar syrup in the spring back when I fed, you know. Yeah. So, Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, so what you've never fed your, I don't remember seeing any feeding um, video. So we, we used to feed a lot of sugar water uh, back in between 2011 and 2000. So we, we even had a special Langstroth box that had like a ramp in it and you would pour sugar water into it and they would feed off of that. So we did that. And, you know, like I said, our bees were dying every single year and not, not just a few colonies. I mean, like every colony was dying. Um, and, and that was one of the things we were doing, but take it to 2019 when we start catching swarms, we start a swarm off when we insert them into a land hive we give them uh, a honey feeder. And so we start feeding them honey instead of sugar water. And we did that for about a year or two. And then it got to the point where kind of like what you were saying a second ago, we just said, we're gonna stop feeding and we're gonna see what happens, you know, and we're gonna let those genetics kick in from those bees and see, you know, how they do on their own. And we were surprised that yes, we would lose a colony or two every year. I mean, that every beekeeper loses colonies every year sometimes, but you know, we, when we stopped feeding and they were doing okay, we just said, okay, well, this is just something we don't need to do. So again, falling into the lazy beekeeper status, we just said, we just don't want to do all that extra work. So, yeah, I've seen people actually catch swarms or put a package into a box that has no comb or anything. And they, they throw that feeder right on there and a pollen patty. Yeah. And if, keep in mind, these bees don't even have a cell of comb in there. And they have pollen patties in there. Like, what are they even supposed to do with it? I don't, yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I can't remember the last I, time I fed a pollen patty. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never touched one with my hands. I don't know what they. I, I've seen them, but yeah, 
So tell me, because I don't know, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll help convince somebody. When you went from, you know, the type of beekeeping that failed you to switching over, at one point you had zero bees. So you set these swarm trap. What's the feeling like when you when you're waiting for for a box to be occupied and then that one day you go up to it and you see yeah. there's bees going in and out of it so in 2019 when we were adopting these new practices such as keeping catching swarms it was definitely weighing down on me like what if all this is nonsense and catching swarms isn't the way to go you know what if this keeping bees naturally is just bogus and we're just bad beekeepers but when we put those swarm traps up and we actually saw bees coming out of those things, it, I, I can't tell you the feeling it, like people think catching a fish is an adrenaline rush. You haven't seen it until you've caught a colony of honeybees. Um, and when we caught that first colony, it just lifted our spirits and, you know, and we, like you said, we started from nothing because we stopped keeping bees in 2017 and it wasn't until 2019 we started again, but we didn't buy packages. We just, put a bunch of swarm traps and trees and try to catch them. And we, it worked. And like I said, once we caught them, we were just elated with joy. I mean, we, we were, we were so excited because it was like, wow, well, it, it turns out you actually don't need to spend $200 for a box of bees that has a 50% failure rate. And those bees that you catch in swarms have better genetics than those packaged bees ever will. So. Yeah, I always get, I don't know if I say I get nervous, but I'll tell people that are trying to start out, I would say, I bought one package of bees my first year of beekeeping. I wish I would have never bought it because, you know, you can catch swarms, it's too easy now, but you always, you always have that kind of concern that maybe they might not catch a swarm, but a lot of times these people who don't catch swarms, they only put out one or two traps or they, yeah. they don't, they don't bait them correctly or they'll try something just off the top of their head different from what the tried and true method of doing it is. And then they'll just give up. Um, they'll just give up trying to catch swarms. Yeah. And, and uh, I've, I've heard people say, I can't catch a swarm where I'm at. There's no honeybees where I live. And oh, I ask man. them, I say, how many swarm traps did you put up? Oh, I put up one. It's like, well, you got to put up a lot. Like it, cause not, they don't have a hundred percent catch rate. So yeah, or, or or even they put up two or, or, or three, but you know it's a nuke box with with five plastic foundation frames in it, and and you know no swarm lure. They just or it has a screen bottom, something just blatantly wrong to try to catch bees in. And it's I never understand why people do that. The instructions are so clear and abundant, you know, to set these to set a perfect swarm trap, and yet when they set them, they do something odd. I don't know. They'll put honey yeah. in it or something. No, bees are um, very peculiar. You know, they would prefer a nice piece of comb in there, maybe some lemongrass essential oil for scent, you know, some propolis on the inside. And like you said, not having a screened underside or anything like that. But if they can get all those things and about 10 gallons of space, they'll move in. And you might be surprised or people might be surprised. Like they might think, I don't have any honeybees in my area. You do. You just need to give them a good home to live in. Yeah, I hear that all the time. And maybe if you're in Alaska or something or Canada, okay, you know, okay, maybe you might not catch a swarm, but uh, an actual, you know, local swarm that's from the trees somewhere, but you could still catch bees from somebody who overwintered bees. There'd be bees yeah. still swarm in those far northern areas. Yeah, you could. Or, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know about Alaska. I did, I did see some videos of Alaskan beekeepers where they just kill the bees every winter. They just, they just go through the whole hive, vacuum out all the bees, and just harvest the honey. And, and they still order a package every year. But, you know, money-wise, it works out because they spend two hundred bucks on the package, yet they harvest, you know, two hundred pounds of honey. So, it works out every time for yeah. them. Yeah, for sure. But there's bees everywhere. I mean, yeah. oh, they are. There are. Yeah. I mean, anywhere below Canada, there's got to be bees uh, feral yeah. somewhere. I like to believe so, if there's trees nearby, there's definitely bees. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, just because you don't see them, that doesn't mean they're not around. Yeah. So you've been on YouTube for a couple of years. Who's some of your favorite um, YouTubers? But you don't have to say me. I mean, you can say uh, anybody else you watch. <laughs> I watch your channel a lot. So, and the thing is, is I do like some of the big beekeepers. They're cool. Like, you know, uh, Randy, Frederick Dunn, all those guys. They're, they're awesome. It's, it's good to watch their stuff. They've got some high quality stuff. But I also like to watch beekeepers that show the other side of the spectrum where it's like, okay, all these traditional methods and, you know, all these teachings that say you have to treat, you have to treat, you have to treat. You know, I like to see YouTubers that come out and basically say, you know, hey, there is an alternative. We don't have to treat. And, you know, there's also a lot of other stuff we don't have to do, too. and We can still be successful. So, you know, I don't I don't have a huge uh, amount of YouTubers that I watch. But I mean, your channel is definitely one of them. Um, I, I love to I love to hear this, the stuff you say. And, I, and Bruce, I got to say, I, I love how you are not afraid to express your opinion on the matter. Um, it seems like you're willing to dive in every time and tell people straight up like, hey, this is how I keep bees. You know, I, I'm a little bit more on the cautious side. I don't <laughs> I don't go screaming it on the rooftops. Uh, and sometimes I wish I did because people need to know that you know, you can keep bees treatment free successfully. Like you, you don't have to do the norm and, you know, suffer a lot of failure uh, from year to year because, you know, I would say a lot of beekeepers, I mean, how many beekeepers, I'm sure you know a few, I've known a few, uh, where they keep bees for about a year or two, all their bees die and then they just give up and they stop keeping bees because they've read all the expert information about how to keep bees and it turns out the bees died anyway. Uh, so, you know, I, I like the YouTubers that get out there and say, Hey, you know, there is an alternative. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I look for. Well, I, I heard a good a saying the other day that I had to listen to it like 10 times because I just thought it was so great. This guy said, and he wasn't even talking about beekeeping. He was talking about something else. I think he was talking about, um, like weightlifting or something like that. And he said, stop trying to optimize when you don't even know the basics. So I think that's what happens with a lot of beekeepers yeah. that get into this. You'll, you'll have these people come in, you know, they're, and they're on YouTube, like with channels and they're talking, they're doing this so far out stuff way, yeah. like just, it doesn't even come into normal everyday basic things. Um, just, and, I couldn't we, even start. And I'm sure you've seen the big YouTubers. I know, I know, you know, of a few, you know, they follow all the rules, they do all the right things. And somehow at the end of the year, all their bees die or almost all their bees die. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, like the big YouTubers, I, I enjoy them, but like, I like the people that kind of say, Hey, there's, there's kind of different ways to go about this. And, you know, a lot of cases, those are definitely the, the better method.
Yeah, and a lot of people, I'll just say it. Uh, um, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite YouTubers is just like you said, uh, 628 Dirt Rooster. And he, believe it or not, he's a treatment-free beekeeper and he said it. And so it's some, it's to me, it's great to have somebody that, that big and popular. Now he doesn't go around like me constantly fighting and debating and like sticking yeah. up for everybody, but he don't have I to. I mean, his... it was treatment free. I actually didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that. See what no. I mean? It's so same thing with JP, the B man. I mean, another one of my favorite ones. Um, yeah, just that he'll, he'll say it. I mean, you have to pretty much ask him, but, but I love that because he's, he's one of the, one of the people that when I watched his channel, I said, man, he's taken bees out of this wall. It's been there five years or out of this um, pillar, been there seven, eight years. Like, why are we, why, why are we trying to keep these bees alive so bad? And that time I didn't even know, I didn't know he was a non-treating beekeeper, but I don't know. There, there you go. There's a little fun fact. So now you, <laughs> now you know, there's a big one. Um, Yeah. I don't know too much more else to say. Um. Yeah, just anything else you want to talk about uh, while we're here? Well, um, I, I guess one thing I wanted to kind of hit on, and that's, you know, I mentioned it in your last video, too. We talked about, you know, how often beekeepers are going into their hives throughout the year. Um, and, you know, you know, a lot of beekeepers tend to go into their hives uh, even in the wintertime and open them up. Look at the bees. You know, the bees are freezing yeah. their butts off. Um, and I guess what I want to get out to people you know is when it, when it comes to checking bees you can actually get away with only checking your bees about once or twice a year now if people want to check that's fine but you can get away with doing a very few amount of checks and we've been doing it for years now and our bees have been fine you know they've been getting along and people say oh you want me to check your bees twice a year how you do that it's like well yeah. You know, I, we, we go in the spring, we do a, a nice spring inspection. We see how they look. And yeah, once we, once we're, we think a colony is going to do fine. We load that lands hive up with frames all the way. And we let them sit until the fall. Um, and basically once they're in the fall, we go in, we take those excess honey frames out and that's it. We, we insulate the hive. We put straw in the hives to get them ready for winter. And basically we just don't touch them. And, you know, a lot of people like in the wintertime, they'll have a day that's like 40 degrees outside, but it'll be sunny. And, you know, they won't see any bees coming and going and they'll automatically think, oh, my God, my bees are dead. And, you know, they want to open those hives up and, and look, but they, it turns out the bees are still alive. But now you've actually reduced the chance of survival because you've exposed them to that winter cold. So, you know, if there's one thing I can make clear to people, it's, you know, let your bees be bees sometimes just let them do what they're going to do and you know you'd be surprised at what they can get away with they're, they're actually pretty remarkable creatures yeah i think that comes a lot from just the commercial beekeeping influence on on um hobbyists because let's say facebook somewhere someone um someone gets concerned about their bees and it's 20 degrees outside like you should leave them alone but but you're always going to have these people that say it's no problem to just pop the top or 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 they'll see videos of someone just splitting the double deeps in hot in half looking hey look at that cluster or whatever and for what though like if you're just a small timer with just a small amount of bees 
if you if you manage them correctly during the year, what the hell are you worried about how much honey they yeah. have uh, later? You know, That's if rough. you would just slow down following these these optimizers of honey production, um, and just kind of lay back, let them have, let them keep some of their honey, leave them the heck alone. <laughs> And and then you won't cause their death because that, that's what I see happen, happening a lot. I, I think you'll agree with me. A lot of things that happen in the commercial beekeeping world end up going into like the hobbyist beekeeping. But that's not that's definitely not the best way of keeping bees in a lot of cases. So, you know, and I even think that treatment uh, really started with commercial beekeeping because, you know, truckers are taking thousands of hives across the country. Uh, to pollinate a bunch of different types of fruits and whatnot. And the bees, they just don't manage very well. So then that's when a lot of treatments get used. And then that makes it its way to the hobbyist life where a lot of hobbyists are saying, okay, well, all those beekeepers are treating and whatnot. So that's the way we're going to do. So I think a lot of people get in that mindset of, okay, that's what, that's what the big beekeepers are doing. So that's what I need to do. And unfortunately, that doesn't always work out the best. Yeah, that's that's a common one that I hear. Another thing that I hear is, um, I don't want to take advice from some person with a couple backyard hives. I want to take advice from someone who, who that's how they feed their family. And that's how they do that. You know, it sounds really um, noble and, and it sounds good, but, but sometimes their methods just aren't going to translate to your little backyard, little group of bees. And, and <laughs> I don't know, they just have a lot of different ways of, of keeping their thing going that, that they're not really telling you, you know, a little yeah. backyard beekeeper, um, for sure. And they're not, and they're not there when you screw up, or or they might not give you all the information of, of of exactly what and why they're doing it. And you're out there working, doing stuff to your bees with, with half advice, yeah, you know, or half the reason to do it. Yeah, um, I, you know, I love what we do, and I, I love the natural beekeeping. I love treatment-free beekeeping. I love it. I just wish there was more information that people had access to because I feel like nowadays, you know, there's just the, the big topics and people can't really see past that and see the other options that are possible. So they see, you know, what the experts say, you know, how bees should be kept and all this stuff. Um, you know, and it just, unfortunately, I, I, I wish, I wish the information that guys like, you know, yourself and me that, I wish that information that we portrayed was would get out better because it's stuff that people need to know. And, you know, people need to know that there all are, there are alternatives and uh, you know, you can, you can definitely be successful with the sustainable style of beekeeping. Yeah. I think it's getting out there. I think it's definitely getting out there. There's definitely a change in attitude um, from what it was five or six or seven years ago. It, you could just be pretty much laughed out of a room by a group of people. And that just, oh, yeah. that isn't happening now. It's not happening now. I won't let it happen. Um, it's <laughs> definitely getting out there. Uh, yeah. And then what was, do you have, do you have inspectors that come to your apiary to check? These? No, I, I've always been worried about that because I don't, we don't, as far as I know, there's no legislation in North Carolina that says you are required to be uh, checked by uh, an inspector. Um, so I haven't had an inspector come by, you know, I, I don't even know what I would tell the guy if he was like going through my highs, I guess I would just be like, we just roll how we roll, you know? 
Yeah, you know, we just we just do what we do, and I'm sure he would tell me that I got to do this and do that and do this, and I would say, hey, we've been successful for four years now with our new style of beekeeping, and we haven't done a lot of those methods like treatment and stuff like that, and our bees have survived. And not only have our bees survived, but our apiary has grown every single year. We've always had more colonies than the previous year through catching swarms and just not bugging the bees, letting the bees be bees. And it's it's worked out really well. But as far as inspector goes, we ha- we don't have one as far as I know. I hope we don't get one. <laughs> I hope yeah, we keep doing our thing. Yeah, there's many states where they might have uh, some type of program where you just have to register them for some reason, but they don't have any inspectors or they only have a couple. Or like in my state, they have a good handful of them, but they don't inspect hobbyists. They only inspect people who sell bees uh-huh. or, or queens. So so if I didn't sell bees or queens, I wouldn't have any inspector going through my hives. And yeah. I got to tell you, it's not the best feeling when it's just a strange fit for me because I'm I every one of my colonies has a story. I know what's going on in there. I know how I like to work my bees. So I do not like somebody that that doesn't, you know, own my yeah. bees, just yanking frames out. Um, yeah, it's a weird feeling. I mean, the first couple of years, uh, the inspector and I, we weren't really getting along very well, but the last couple that he's been here, have been pretty great. I mean, they're, they've been very smooth. I, I even have made videos about them. I think he kind of knows that I'm not changing anything and yeah, I'm not changing anything I do and I'm not going to change his mind about anything he does. And there's no way to deny that that these bees are staying alive and, and that every year there's more bees here. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's just some kind of like uh, goal for a lot of beekeepers is just not based in reality where you have to always expand by a certain amount just to be considered a successful beekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and, for for you, for you and me, it looks to me like you're totally successful. You enjoy what you're doing. You don't pay for bees. You have all the bees you want. You're you're able to sell. Like, what more could there possibly be? Just because you don't, just because you don't truck bees out to California every year, doesn't mean you're unsuccessful. I mean, in my opinion, that's right. So, hey, it was a nice, uh, I'm glad we had this little chat here. Um, Bruce, thank you so much for having me on. It was, I, I'm sorry I waited this long to talk to you. Oh, no, hey, uh, sometimes, well, they say good things come to those who wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm uh, glad you came on and I appreciate it. And we'll end this here. And uh, for anyone who wants to catch up with Wes, check out Secure Acres Natural Bees. I'll put the link uh, down in the description. And, uh, And then he's always in my lives. We're always shooting the breeze. So come on over and check us out. Until then, take care. Uh, See you on the next one.